Welcome to the NatMatSci podcast brought to you by the National Mathematics and Science College. This is the podcast to let you find out more about NatMatSci by hearing staff and students talking about their experiences, all unscripted and unplugged, so that you can hear what life is really like at the college. Today we're talking to Dr. Steve Appleyard, Head of Biology at the college. We're about to find out how Steve got into teaching, what his own experience of school was like, which elements of biology he loves teaching and which elements he sees the students there loving to learn. But he also talks about how teaching biology at the college is a different experience to teaching at any other college in the UK. So stick around to see what that might be. So come with me now as we listen to Dr. Steve Appleyard. Steve, welcome to the NatMatSci podcast and thank you for being here. How are you today? Good, thanks, Simon. Yeah, uh, doing really well. I'm uh, at home at the moment. Um, uh, it's been a great year at uh, NMSC. Uh, we've had some uh, really fantastic results in the biology department and um, taking a little bit of a break now. Um, looking, uh, looking forward to the, to the next term and the next year. And uh, yeah, doing really well. Thanks. Excellent. And apart from working at NatMatSci and recording this podcast today, what, what else sort of tends to fill your time right now? What are, what are you up to today? Right. Well, um, I'm doing a lot of test driving at the moment because we're, as, we're looking for a new family electric vehicle. Oh, going electric now. OK. All right. <sighs> yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's about time. And there's such a re- wide range of uh, cars at the moment. Um, uh, one of the teachers at uh, at college uh, shamed me um, earlier this year by buying a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was the the first guy in the in in the group of teachers to get a uh, an electric vehicle, and I'm supposed to be the environment guy. I'm supposed to be the guy who's um, <laughs> who's, who's who's putting forward the environment agenda, being the biologist, and uh, and so uh, yeah, I felt that uh, I need to uh, join that club as well. So when a lot of people think about electric vehicles, they often think about Tesla. And of course, mm-hmm. Tesla does come with a bit of a price tag as well. Is that a car that you're looking at, or are you looking at the at the other ones? No, unfortunately not. No, we can't go for a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> we're going for one of the cheaper ones. <laughs> okay, right. Which brand are you looking at? Well, um, we looked at the uh, the Kia Nero a couple of days ago, uh, and that's good. Um, and uh, tomorrow we're doing a test drive of the um, MG MG ZS, um, okay. uh, which is uh, a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've looked at the Mazda, uh, we've looked at plug-in hybrids, so just trying to weigh up what's the uh, what the best option is right now, mm. and and it's it's a big spend, isn't it? Uh, any car is a big spend, so you have to you have to think quite carefully before you before you get one. Mm. People often think about what range is available, don't they, on a, on an electric vehicle, and and I think that a lot of people tend to overlook the fact that most of their journeys tend to be quite short. Uh, I, I don't know what your journeys tend to be like and whether range is a big factor in your decision making. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, at the moment we've got a we have a diesel car, but uh, my commute is tiny. It's only about like eight miles each direction. Uh, and so diesel cars are useless for that. Mm. Um, they just uh, soot up and you, you need to um, you need to take them on the motorway uh, to make them worthwhile. So, mm. yeah, electric cars. Brilliant. So the, the one we're seeing tomorrow has got a, a range of one hundred and sixty three. Okay, uh, miles. The one we saw at the weekend had two hundred and eighty-three, mm-hmm. and and when you think about it, not many people would want to drive longer than those distances before having like a half an hour break at a mm. at a coffee shop somewhere, right? Mm. So, mm. I mean, Edinburgh is only two hundred and eighty miles away from uh, from where we are in Warwick, 
Mm. And I wouldn't do that journey in one in one go. Mm. Mm. I'd definitely break that journey. Absolutely. I, th- I think all of us would. Yeah. OK, let's take it back to the college then. Uh, Steve, what took you into teaching in the first place? Yeah, it's kind of a long story, I suppose. I went to do I went to study biology at um, at university because it was it was the subject that uh, that I was most interested in that, that that really kind of like got me got me into science and got me into um, reading more about uh, a particular subject. Uh, none of the other subjects at school could do that, and and biology just seemed to have this like wealth of information that that needed to be researched, and mm. like you would you would never kind of like come to an end of it. So. I did uh, first degree there, and um, and then from that um, I went on to do an MSc, and that's when I first started doing a little bit of teaching. So uh, as part of the MSc, I did some um, some teaching to to undergrads, and uh, I also enrolled on a uh, an open university course as a as an assistant tutor. Okay, and and I think I just got the the bug for it there. Uh, I went on to do a um, a PhD, did a little bit more tutoring of undergraduates during the PhD, mm-hmm. and and that was the bit that was most memorable about the the whole process, about the whole process of doing a PhD. Mm. Now, when when you go into research, it kind of like funnels you into one particular direction, and I was getting narrower and narrower mm-hmm. in my field of study. Yeah, so I was becoming an expert of pig behaviour, but nothing much else. An expert of what? Sorry. Of pig behaviour. I thought you said that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and it, and as fascinated as I was at the time in, into it, I, I thought, well, there's got to be more than this. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's <laughs> you know, where's, I was starting to think, well, oh my goodness, uh, you know, there's so many, so many pig videos you can watch before you get, uh, <laughs> start getting a little bit bored with the whole process. I wanted to um, to go back to the roots, I think, of uh, what really got me into biology to begin with. Mm. And that meant um, stepping down a few levels and not doing uh, not doing research, not just doing my narrow area of research, but mm-hmm. kind of teaching, uh, teaching a broader, broader course. Mm. And, and, at, and at the time, um, the government was calling out for, for more and more teachers to apply. It just seemed like the right time to to uh to train to be a teacher mm. so that's how i got into teaching kind of a roundabout way mm-hmm. and what is it about natmat side that, that attracted you to going and working there so natmat side being a specialist stem college means that um everyone who's there is, is totally focused on on science and progressing science and and uh, has bought into the universal truth that science is the most important uh, mm-hmm. subject on the planet right I would say that, of course. <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to this would possibly agree with it too. <laughs> yeah, so um, so that was one of the reasons. And also, you know, the draw of being able to uh, just focus on teaching bright students in, in an environment that just kind of like uh, celebrated the fact that they were bright mm. and uh, and that they wanted to learn more. You know, I want I wanted to teach as much as I could teach about the subject. Mm-hmm. And rather than worry about um, well some of the other uh, problems that you might get in in a secondary school as a teacher, mm. and tell us a little bit then about your own educational journey. So, uh, so so where you went to school and what your own experience of school life was like when you were younger. Wow. Well, um, school life for me was not uh, not something I I thought was particularly 
well, it was memorable, but memorable for the wrong reasons, should we say. Oh, it was yeah. not... Um, yeah, no, it was... Um, I, I didn't really enjoy school very much, and um, I just found it was... I thought it was a difficult environment. I never foresaw being a teacher myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, a lot of the teachers I had at school I, I didn't get on with. It wasn't... Um, and I thought, well, that was the, that's the worst possible profession to, to be in. Mm. Looking back in more mature eyes, you kind of like see things differently, of course. Yeah, so it was quite a rough school uh, from a an, an ex um, an old uh, mining community in uh, near outside Sheffield. Okay. So I went through uh, school. The first few years in the school, it was the um, the nineteen eighties miners' strikes, and um, about two thirds of the the kids were in school on a regular basis. The rest of them were back at home because they had to help with um, earning money or uh, their dads were on the picket lines it was Mm. a very rough kind of upbringing uh, school upbringing Mm. it uh, improved a lot better when when I got to sixth form Mm -hmm. sixth form um, meant that it was much more focused on um, on the actual learning process Uh, and so you could um, you could concentrate on your studies without having to worry about um, someone come, um, picking on you or, or, or bullying you for uh, for doing exactly that hmm. Hmm. and so and so that was a little bit uh, that was a little bit better but I, I suppose I only really kind of like came into my own when I when I got to university so hmm. by some amazing fluke I managed to get the grades to get into to university from that school and from then on it was um, yeah it was great after the first year I was I was lucky. I went to Scotland, okay. and and Scotland Scotland first degree is a four year degree course. So you you pretty much have a the first year to practice getting used to university before mm. you start learning new stuff mm. that is mm. beyond A level. And which university was that? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Okay, great city. Yeah, Edinburgh. Uh, it was yeah, uh, and it was uh, like coming from this uh, little village mining community to uh, the big city Edinburgh. And, you know, beautiful buildings all around and opportunities and different things to do in the evening. I'm glad I had that first year at, uh, at university get, to get used to it all, mm-hmm. you know, before I started knuckling down to doing, doing a little bit more work. Once I was there, I didn't want to leave, you know. It's, uh, I was one of those uh, eternal students, I suppose. Mm, no, of course. And I guess the obvious question is to what extent your own negative experience of education was as a contributing factor to you being a teacher now so it was probably a reason why I didn't consider it as a profession until quite a lot later on Mm -hmm. because I didn't really want to go back into that kind of environment that um, that Mm. kind of secondary school environment Mm. Um, so I was cautious about doing that but but the drive that pushed me towards um fulfilling that kind of like destiny was um, you know I, I really wanted to, to pass on what I knew I really wanted to to teach other people and get other people interested in the subject that I was interested in. So tell me a bit then about when you're teaching biology which parts of the subjects do you enjoy teaching the most I mean I imagine you enjoy teaching all of it but which parts do you think to yourself are oh, right this week I'm teaching this I really enjoy just teaching this part. Do you know, it, it changes on almost a daily, on, not a daily, almost a yearly basis, should okay, we say. Okay, right. Because, you know, to, be, to begin with, when I, when I first started out teaching about, I think it was about 14, 15 years ago now, 
my favorite favorite topic to teach was evolution. Mm-hmm. I thought evolution gives you gives you such an insight of uh, such a, a great explan- um, reason of, of explaining pretty much everything, mm. including you know the meaning of life, why we're here on the planet. You know you can explain that away in evolutionary terms if you wanted. Mm. Um, so that was that was like my most popular and uh, subject that I, that I like teaching the best. And but then it changed because biology has been changing. It's it's just been such a rapid rate of change in the last two decades mm-hmm. in biology from um, the ability to sequence genomes and manipulate organisms, create genetically modified bacteria and viruses mm-hmm. and um, uh, reprogramming cells so you can get them to grow into different types of body tissues. Okay. Sequ- uh, working out the structure of proteins from the amino acid sequences. The, the rate at which biology has changed in the last two decades is, is just phenomenal. And so I always like to, to teach the, the kind of like new cutting edge stuff that's mm-hmm. just come out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that means usually uh, moving from, from one particular area of biology to another particular area of biology quite quickly. Mm. So in the last couple of years, it's been, all, it's been about virology. Okay, right. <laughs> and no. ge- genome se- sequencing and virology. And that was, you know... Uh, as I say, you know, it's a, it's a big, big, wide topic um, of biology, and there's there's lots, there's something there for everyone, mm. and, um, and and just the depth of information uh, that you can go into to find out about uh, your subtopic mm. um, that you might be interested in is just just great. It just keeps you interested for um, for for years. That's really interesting that you mentioned about the fact that it's changing uh, just over the last 20 years because with a with a different subject say something like ICT or computing you could understand how people would expect that to be changing quite quite fast paced as well yeah but when you're looking at something like biology I, I I think a lot of people who don't teach biology might imagine that teaching biology now would be almost just the same as teaching biology in the 1950s or something like that mm-hmm. but it's clearly much more you know changing at a much faster rate than a lot of people do believe yeah i mean when you um when you speak to parents sometimes they said oh i can remember my biology classes mm, and um yeah. do you still dissect frogs in, um, <laughs> yes. in biology and that's you know that seems to be the most one of the most memorable um <laughs> lessons that they had in biology but uh no most teachers don't dissect frogs or do that anymore is mm. is not really very much uh, added value to to doing that kind of thing mm. But yeah, I mean, you only need to Google Nobel Prizes, mm-hmm. Simon. You look at look at the Nobel Prizes, the the, the awards for Nobel Prizes in the last twenty years, mm. and biology doesn't have its own Nobel Prize, right? There is no Nobel Prize for biology, but there's a, a Nobel Prize for chemistry and a Nobel Prize for um, for physics and a Nobel Prize for medicine. Mm. You you look at we we can't touch the the physics, okay? There's nowhere. No way near that a biologist could could ever challenge for a physics Nobel <laughs> Prize, but the right. but the chemistry ones, the medicine ones, um, the biologists do challenge for, and mm. and, and and they're winning about seventy percent of all of those Nobel prizes from mm. uh, from both of those two categories because uh, there's just so much uh, so much advancement um, recently, you know, mm. in cell biology and uh, genome editing and whole range of things and you've told us about which areas of biology you enjoy teaching but tell me a little bit then about the areas of biology that you observe students really enjoying the learning of you know the moments where they have those aha 
moments of realization and you know it all comes to life for them Mm -hmm. genetics is one of those uh, one of those areas like that because it's um it's initially on the surface it seems quite complex and inaccessible Mm -hmm. and then you learn a few key ideas and a few key um principles mm-hmm. and you can apply them to lots of different solutions so it's it's one of those i suppose it's one of those things where biology gets as close to maths as it's ever really going to get mm. uh, when you're looking at ratios of um of, of different offspring and, and working out the the position of genes on chromosomes and things like that mm. so mm. that's definitely one of those topics which seems inaccessible to begin with and you get that light bulb moment when the students realize and understand how to how to use it and how to do it. And what makes Natmatsai a special place to teach biology? What's different about the college? So the the learning and the teaching doesn't just take place in, within lessons. It's, uh, it's happening all the time. It's in the corridors. It's um, at break time, at lunchtime. It's through conversations. It's through um, uh, academic clubs. It's through chatting through teams with students in the evening as they're working through their homework and thinking over the lessons that they had during the day. It's, uh, it's, it's an all-enveloping kind of learning journey mm. rather than just, um, you know, you go to lessons, you learn an hour, an hour on this subject, an hour on that subject, mm. and then you socialise, mm. which is what you would get in a, in a normal school. It's um, lesson, uh, the learning kind of like, overflows the lessons Mm. uh, and overflows into the corridors and into the uh, into the um, recreational areas Mm. uh, for the students so it's that kind of learning environment and being surrounded by other like-minded learners Mm -hmm. that makes it different and makes it more more conducive to uh, to academic excellence so it sounds to me like a fully immersive environment for people that want to learn more about biology at college well, all all of the sciences, yeah, but um, certainly uh, certainly biology is uh, is one of those that gets discussed in the in the corridors and after school. And having spoken to a few other teachers, it does strike me that that's a very common theme throughout the whole college, irrespective of which subject people are studying. That, as you say, you know, during during lunchtime, after after college, before college, there's there's that option to to mix with the like-minded people that you talk about. And to talk about yeah. those subjects that they're genuinely passionate about with other people that are passionate about them too. Yeah, and the students are amazing as well. That the, the the fact that they can just manage all these different subjects and do so, do them so well. You know, walking down the corridor at Nat Matsai, you you come across different uh, problem boards, mm. and some some of them are um, chemistry based, some of them are physics based, some are um, maths, and some are biology based, and and the students put uh, the sorry the teachers put these up on an almost weekly basis, and mm. then the students kind of like gather around them and try and solve the problems and and scribble on the boards and uh, work their way through it. And, and when I see them working on the maths ones, uh, it's just it's way above my head. I just mm. I can't get <laughs> I can't even approach how they would do that. Mm. And it's and it's similar with the physics ones. Uh, you know I find them so so tricky, but these students are not only managing to solve those problems in maths and physics but also doing my biology ones as well mm, mm. Uh, and and the chemistry ones you know it's, it's one thing being a being a specialist and good at one subject it's uh, it's a completely different thing to be good at multiple subjects mm, four mm. five or six subjects mm. 
And I was going to say that they're, they're, they're doing this, most of these are doing this in their non-native um, language. Of course. Steve, we need to bring this episode to a close in a moment. But for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Through the, um, uh, through the college uh, email system. Um, my email is um, s.appleyard at natmatsai.ac.uk. s.appleyard at natmatsai.ac.uk. .ac.uk or through the uh, natmatsai website. Okay, well, look, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here and giving us an insight into what life is like in the world of biology at the college. Thank you for your time. Thank thank you very much, Simon. So that was Dr. Steve Appleyard, Head of Biology at the college. A big thank you to Steve for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Don't forget you can contact him directly if you'd like by emailing s.appleyard at natmatsai.ac.uk and I'm sure he'll be happy to help you. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, then please do follow this podcast channel because then, if you do, when each episode is released, you get a small notification just to let you know that it's there. Each episode will be talking to someone different, which means you'll be able to gain an insight into all parts of college life. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.